As Father Chris mentioned, if you were with us last week, I am uh, the new rector that he newly appointed. And so I am, uh, feel blessed and honored to take part in this mission of proclaiming the divine mercy and fostering this great devotion to Jesus, the divine mercy with all the pilgrims here and all those that we minister, minister to online. So please keep me in prayer as I uh, take on this role. One of my favorite movies growing up was a film starring Gregory Peck, The Scarlet and the Black. And in that film, it's based on a true story of an Irish priest living in the Vatican during World War II. And he's credited with saving 6,500 lives of Jews and allied prisoners. And it's a very fascinating story of just him battling the German occupation of Rome at that time, hiding the Jews, saving those uh, that are being searched for, having these uh, crazy escapes and all kinds of disguises. You know, he was very clever. And so the film goes through this kind of cat and mouse game between him and the colonel in charge of the German occupation in Rome, Colonel Kepler. Well, spoiler alert, the allies rescue Rome. And Colonel Kepler, there's an intense scene near the end where he goes to Monsignor O'Flaherty, this Irish priest, and begs mercy on his wife and children to have Monsignor Flattery's network help his wife and children escape. And Monsignor Flattery at first is, you know, who do you think you are committing all these atrocities? And he did. The, the worst atrocity on Italian soil in World War II was committed by this colonel, the Artatine massacre. And Monsignor Flattery, you know, says, you can't just expect mercy without repentance. Well, Colonel Kepler is captured and he's being interrogated by the Allied soldiers. And they ask him, what, what network helped your wife and children escape? And this comes as a surprise to the Colonel because he thought they you know, were gonna be in danger from uh, those seeking revenge. And so he realizes, wow, that, that priest actually did help me in the end. And so he ended up being visited by this Monsignor, still having mercy on him. He was the only regular visitor for this colonel. Once a month he would visit. And this colonel had life imprisonment and he converted in 1949 to Catholicism. That priest baptized him. Now, in the midst of all that evil that was committed, that can be hard for us to sometimes accept. You know, how could God forgive this man? How can God have mercy on someone who commits such grave evil? And in our readings today, we hear the cry of those who are being oppressed by evil. And yet, the readings, what they get at is, we are always free to sin, 
but we are also always free to repent. And it is simply that final choice which ultimately matters. We hear in the book of Sirach how God knows no favorites. He's not unduly partial toward the weak, but he does hear their cry in a particular special way because it's those who are oppressed, like the widow and the orphan and the poor, who recognize in their humility their need for God's mercy, that they cannot have their own power to, you know, fight this evil. And so, basically, because of the circumstances in their life, it brings them to humility. Humility is that key, then, to receiving God's mercy. And we hear in our gospel reading today, Jesus explained this parable to those, he says, you know, he addresses this parable to those convinced of their own righteousness and despise everyone else, basically those who are prideful and arrogant. This parable is for them, the gospel says. And it's important to remember the context that Jesus is explaining this parable for the first time in this Jewish audience. We have a Pharisee and a tax collector. And so everyone at that time is automatically going to think, all right, I know how this is going to go. The Pharisee is the good guy. The tax collector is the bad guy. Because the Pharisee, they were highly respected. You know, we have a bad connotation for them today now as Christians. But for the Jews, they were highly respected. They were the ones who were righteous, following God's law. And the tax collector was the one who was oppressing the poor, extorting the Jews, colluding with the Roman Empire. They were despised because of the great evil these tax collectors committed. And yet, just like in almost all of Jesus' parables, there's always a twist that catches us off guard. What do we hear? The Pharisee goes to the temple area to pray and pay attention. He doesn't pray to God. It says he spoke this prayer to himself. You know, it's almost like Jesus is having a little sense of humor here. He's not even praying to God because in his pride, he's confused himself with God. And he says, Oh God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. You know, I fast twice a week and I pay tithes on my whole income. You know, he's basically patting himself on the back instead of recognizing all that he does that is good comes from God. And so this is an important lesson that pride corrupts even the good we do. All the good we do, all the love that we share is only valuable if we do it in humility. And it's not to say, you know, being greedy, dishonest, adulterous, those kind of things aren't wrong. Jesus isn't vindicating, you know, uh, the tax collector saying, ah, see, all that stuff doesn't really matter. What he's saying is the tax collector is in the right because of his prayer. And what is that prayer? We hear the tax collector 
stay off at the distance, not even raising his eyes, you know, in humility, and he beats his breast. Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus is saying, all you have to do to repent is simply ask for God's mercy. No matter how great your sin is, that is all that is needed. And it is only when we crush our hearts and accept the Lord's mercy with a soft heart, that is all is needed to inherit eternal life. That is why he beat his breast, and that is why we continue to beat our breasts at Mass, right? In the beginning, at the Confidior, I confess to Almighty God that I have greatly sinned against God and all of you, my brothers and sisters, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. This is a symbol of us trying to crush our hearts, our stony hearts, hardened by sin, hardened by evil. That is why in the responsorial psalm, it says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit, he saves. It is only a soft heart, a crushed heart, that is willing to have that humility to accept God's mercy. St. Paul, in our second reading, shows us, too, what is the real threat of evil. In answering the question of evil, the problem of evil, you know, why does God allow that? He points out something very important. We hear how, you know, he's in prison and he's talking about, uh, you know, his perseverance in the faith and how the Lord stood by him and gave him strength so that his proclamation of the gospel can be completed. And then he says near the end of this passage we heard, and I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil threat and will bring me safe to his heavenly kingdom. Now, the skeptic might say, oh, well, wasn't he martyred? Wasn't he killed soon after writing this letter? How was he rescued from the lion's mouth? How was he rescued from the oppression of evil then? Well, it's because St. Paul is saying ultimately, the real threat of evil is not the destruction of your body or your livelihood. The real threat of evil is the temptation to sin, to commit evil. That is the real threat of evil, that you would share in spreading evil. So often, we begin to share in spreading evil because of the evil that oppresses us. You know, how often do people grow up saying, I will never, you know, they experience some kind of abuse or some kind of oppression or persecution or anger or hatred, and they're like, I will never be like that. And then what often happens? They end up doing the same kind of sin that they experience firsthand. And it's because sin 
can harden our hearts. And then we're tempted to do, you know, an eye for an eye, right? Commit evil against that person. And then the more we commit sin, the more hardened our hearts get. And then when our hearts are hardened, what can happen? God's mercy cannot enter in. You know, one of my favorite things about living in Massachusetts is how the Adirondack Mountains are nearby, and I can go hiking there. And as a seminarian here in the summers, sometimes we would go, and I remember there was a huge waterfall on one of our hiking trips. And the water flowing down that waterfall, I remember we were praying the chaplet of Divine Mercy there, taking a little break, and it just seemed to me like God's mercy, that ocean of mercy pouring down on the earth, on all of humanity. And yet there was these rocks underneath, and how often are our hearts like those rocks? Just the water rolling right off. So again, we must beat our breast and ask for God's mercy that they may be softened because it's only a soft heart that can soak in that water like a sponge. And that is why if you don't have that soft heart to receive, that open heart to receive the Lord's love and mercy, then you will not only experience that evil, but you will succumb to the real threat of evil, which is to sin, to commit more evil. And that is why evil spreads. And again, we are always free to sin. But as the tax collector shows, we are always free to repent. That prayer, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner, can be prayed at any moment, no matter how grave the sin is. That prayer is one of the best aspiration prayers. You know, aspiration prayers are those prayers we can pray in the midst of all our activities throughout the day. You know, Jesus, I trust in you is a great one whenever you see the image of divine mercy. But, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. That can be prayed at any moment as a little act of contrition. And it is one that can even save one's soul. Father Seraphim, remember he shared a story with me years ago how there was a priest sent to someone in prison who was dying in prison, a young man. And you know, committed grievous crimes. And this young man did not want to see the priest. He even cursed him and said, get out of here. And then he turned on his bed the other way and soon died after that. Now I'm a little fuzzy on how we found out about this, so if any Marians you know, can uh, relate the rest of the story to me later. I'll take that. 
But I do remember that it was found out some heavenly message that that young man was saved, actually, even though he rejected the last rites, even though he rejected that priest on his deathbed. Because when he turned, he did pray in his heart. He realized, why is he just digging himself in his stony heart even more? And he did pray, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So even in your last breath, you can even just pray that prayer, and that'll be enough to repent. And in this repentance, in this humility, that begins your spiritual life. That begins your relationship with the Lord. May we then always persevere in simply this humility. You know, pride will corrupt all the good we do, but humility will guard it and preserve it. All that matters then is simply to ask for God's mercy, and then, like Monsignor O'Flaherty, be merciful to others. And this cannot be done on our own by, by only God's grace, by completely abandoning ourselves to the mercy of God, completely saying with our whole hearts, Jesus, I trust in you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.